The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. I'm Olivia Quay. You can subscribe to the Straits Times channel so you never miss a single episode. Following reports on the spate of SMS phishing scams, the Monetary Authority of Singapore says OCBC Bank will be conducting a thorough probe to identify the deficiencies in its processes and implement the necessary measures. And subsequently, MAS will consider the appropriate supervisory actions. Well, a quick recap of what we know so far. A police statement on December the 30th last year revealed that nearly 470 OCBC bank customers had lost at least $8.5 million to scammers sending unsolicited SMSs to victims, claiming there were issues with their banking accounts. The message directed these customers to click on a link to resolve the issue, and this led to fake bank websites, where victims keyed in their internet banking account logging details. Victims said they were fooled because the fake SMSs had appeared in the same message thread as genuine ones that OCBC previously sent for one-time passwords or transaction alerts. While lawyers said the extent of liabilities either to the bank or customers depends on the circumstance of the scam, OCBC said it's already been making goodwill payments to affected customers. It's been doing so since January the 8th and more than 30 customers so far have received the payments. But the bank did not say how much it's paid out or if it intends to fully compensate every victim. With more is Brian Tan, who heads the technology, media and telecommunications practice at law firm Pinsent Masons. Brian, do the affected OCBC customers have legal recourse to completely recover their lost funds? Well, the question of legal recourse is quite a difficult one to determine. Uh, banks have basically two obligations uh, that they owe to customers. One is a contractual obligation uh, where they are to deal with the customer's money according to the contract they have with the customers. And the second is a duty of care or duty in negligence, not to be negligent in how they deal with that. On both scores, if the customer has been acting in accordance with the agreed procedure that the bank has put in place, uh, then the bank is entitled to deal with the funds as provided for, as ordered. Um, and in the bank's view, uh, it would have followed those procedures. Uh, the second would be whether the bank was negligent. Again, this is a matter that uh, you need to establish uh, that the bank didn't follow its processes or it could have, uh, it had a standard of care uh, that it didn't observe, then there would be legal recourse. But on the whole, I'll say that customers of banks will have an uphill battle in trying to find legal recourse against a bank. Well, Brian, you talked about negligence on the part of the bank or possible negligence on the part of the bank. Building on that, under which circumstances would OCBC or any bank in a similar situation be liable? So for instance, if the bank uh, has not followed an agreed or an industry uh, standard of practice, uh, then the bank could possibly uh, face claims uh, where losses have accrued from that. Uh, if, for instance, the bank has also uh, acted uh, after it has received uh, contrary information, so where a notice of uh, um, losses or notice of fraudulent activity had taken place and the bank did nothing, uh, then uh, liability would also accrue. Uh, again, these are very hard to prove uh, as in this case. And uh, this would be again an uphill battle for bank consumers, bank customers to prove. 
Well, it is important to know that OCBC's banking systems were not compromised when the December scams were carried out. Brian, to prevent future phishing attempts, do systems outside the banks need monitoring? And what is an appropriate level of surveillance? Because, you know, privacy, uh, privacy laws will have to be considered as well. Uh, yes, so uh, we can see that from here, what we call the parameter defences of the banks have remained intact. Right, uh, there hasn't been attack on those parameter defenses. Uh, there wasn't a hacking through the bank systems. Uh, but what we have here is one activity that's done outside of the bank systems, which then impact uh, how the bank systems have been accessed, and possibly after that activity within the bank, uh, where you see all these transactions taking place. Uh, and whether the fraud systems uh, pick that up. So I think two of the things uh, that could be focused on uh, would be these two areas. One, activity that's outside of the bank. Uh, how much surveillance should be done? Now, this is a, a, a tricky question to uh, try to navigate because you do too much of it, people will say that it's an invasion of privacy. But if you do too little of it, uh, then there's a lot of um, uh, incorrect behavior, uh, incorrect activity that then runs outside of the bank. Uh, that is that has gone unnoticed. Uh, and secondly, I think uh, the banks should uh, do and they should also continue to do to monitor the transaction levels uh, that occur within the banking system to see whether there are any trends uh, that are unusual uh, that they hopefully can then pick up uh, and take appropriate action. Well, thanks so much, Brian. Lawyer Brian Tan, a partner at Pinson Masons.